McMinimins, the ubiquitous chain of brew pubs, is turning 40 years old. I'm sure everyone can remember the first time they stepped foot into one of these eclectic and playfully decorated spaces. But did you know many of their locations are in rehabilitated historic properties? Like at least nine are on the National Register of Historic Places. So today on CityCast Portland, our very own producers, Julia Fiaioni and John Atariani, are joining me to discuss our most and least favorite McMinimins, which are haunted, which are really good date spots, which ones previously employed us. So go get your passports. We're hitting the artisanal pub. It's Wednesday, July 19th. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Welcome, everyone. Hey. Thanks, Claudia. Today we're talking about the, I don't know, I guess it's like, I would say underappreciated, McMinimins chain. McMinimins is a family-owned chain of brew pubs, breweries, and music venues, and historic hotels and theater pubs for those of you who are just like, what are they talking about? Um, Which would be weird if you're from here. If you're just like, what is a McMinimins? You know? Um, But they're mainly in Oregon and Washington. There are 63 of them. Wow. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is probably why we don't see them anymore. Because they're everywhere. Is is it's just like power lines? They've just sort of yeah. <laughs> they've just fallen out of our view because there's so much everywhere. Yeah, and like just like power, we have taken it for granted. Uh. And I feel like if they all went away, we would just be like, but I like seeing movies and eating tater tots. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, according to the Brewers Association, McMinimins is one of the top 50 largest craft breweries in the United States. And McMinimins was founded by brothers Mike and Brian McMinimin, which is where they get that name. If you're just like, why mm-hmm. McMinimin? But anyhow, these brothers, they grew up in Northeast Portland. So this is as local as it gets regarding chains. But here's the one of the biggest pieces of info where I was like, okay. Um, in 1984, they were part of a lobby that uh, tried to change Oregon's law that prohibited those making alcohol from selling it on the premises allowing the establishment of brew pubs in Oregon. So the brothers helped create a big part of Oregon's personality. So when people call them like the microbrew founders or whatever, it's true. But yeah, I mean, John, I feel like I just told you all these facts that blew my mind and you were just like, "Mm -hmm, I knew. We'll get there. there. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a good reason. Julia, did it? Did I blow your mind at all? Uh, I would say enough. I'm glad that you shared them. Wow. It's a hard sell today. Jeez Louise, I'm going to have to dance a little harder out here. (laughs) Well, so I was curious. What was your first time visiting a McMinimins location? Like, which one was it and what was the experience like? If you can remember, (laughs) that's far back. Yeah, I can start. I, I have a pretty clear memory of mine because it wasn't that long ago. I went to Edgefield just a couple weeks after I'd moved here, which is now about two years ago. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I roped my my roommate at the time into going with me. And I just remember approaching what is essentially the front gates. And it's all these metal de- detectors uh, surrounded by these trees that are kind of like growing around them. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this is so whimsical. This feels magical. Like, I'm just walking into this, like, concert forest. And as I was walking in, I could smell soft pretzels and tater tots. And I was just appreciating the grounds. And then I found out later they were actually reasonably priced. Coming Mm -hmm. from Toronto and L.A., everything is just, like, absurdly expensive at venues, but not there. 
And as I was waiting in line for a drink, I made a friend and we were talking and the concert was amazing. And it was such a friendly environment that it felt like I basically had watched the concert with my chin on the on the stage. I could get as close as I wanted to. I could go and sit on the grass. And then after we had been told, it was like a, a best tip advice from the host of the show that you should go and get food and wait out the traffic uh, before you go home. And we went to the the hotel lodge on the property and I had gotten these ahi tuna tacos, which I was also blown away by that they were so good at a concert venue. Um, so it was a very memorable night. So very positive first introduction to McMenamin's overall. Nice. Have you ever stayed in any of the hotels, Julia? I haven't yet. I have been okay. curious though. John... So, I mean, this might explain a lot because my first time going to a McMenamin's was for a job interview because my first job when I moved to Portland was I was a bartender at the Kennedy School. What? Off 33rd, yep. Which which one? Because there's so many bars in the Kennedy School. All Were you in the them. closet bar? All Were of you in them. the boiler bar? All of them. And this is oh this God. is why it was crazy. This is so I just moved to Oregon. I was having like a really hard time finding a gig. Um but like you said, there's five different bars and those five different bars oh have gosh. five different menus and like five different lists of recipes for cocktails and like five different sets of like what products you have on hand. Oh so gosh. I was training across all five of those bars simultaneously <laughs> and you would rotate through and work in a different one every single day. So that was uh, my introduction to McMenamin's was being all the way inside of it. Uh, they brew their own beer on site there. So the entire mm -hmm. place always like has that sort of like weird, sweet, sour smell of a brewery, mm -hmm. which is like kind of charming mm -hmm. as a guest, but like kind of crazy when you're working in it all day. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I was like all the way inside that machine. That's intense. I have to ask, is the Kennedy School haunted? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. I have, I have no, I have, yes. And that's all I'll say. Wait, you can't, oh, come on. No. What do you, did you sign an NDA? <laughs> you gotta share more than that. No, I actually don't know how to answer that. I don't know if it's haunted. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you little scamp. You had us going. It's, it's crazy though. Like I, I do wish that people could get behind the scenes and just see how crazy it is that that place operates, right? Oh, no. Like they put out so much food in that building. They have like a kitchen that is the busiest commercial kitchen I've ever seen. <laughs> And then they have like a second kitchen and they have like all these weird little places hidden around the building where there's like additional ice makers or like things are stored in crazy places. Mm -hmm. It is like a city unto itself. That alone is haunting is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I should explain like if nobody's been, if somebody hasn't been to the Kennedy School, it is an old, I think, elementary school. It's an old elementary school. Yeah. With pools. And it feels like an elementary school. Like, they haven't changed it that much. They just put, like, bars and hotel rooms in the places where classrooms and auditoriums used to be. And murals. I mean, they do, they do like, you know, jazz it up a little bit. But the, the, the reason I asked John is that the Kennedy School is notoriously haunted. Like, that is the gossip. You know, people always have their little Kennedy School haunted stories. But here's why it never added up. Uh, to me, John, is that people are always like, yeah, it's like small children. And I'm just like, okay, how does this work? Because the Kennedy School, it wasn't like they took it over because it was a, a tragic accident and all these children died. You know, that would be weird, right? Yeah. Then your little <laughs> ghost children would make sense. So you're saying these children grew up, died, became children, went back, or 
Or is is the school just because it's a school, it's just attracting ghost children from the area and they're coming mm-hmm. to Kennedy School <laughs> for an education? It's like a ghost ghost child depot. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so confused that they're haunting you. It makes no sense. You know, why are ghost children? I see what you mean. Okay, sorry. I just... <laughs> and if I was a ghost and a child and like could float wherever I wanted, I wouldn't go back to school. Exactly. Oh, definitely not. Why would you... I would be haunting Disneyland. Like Disneyland, if that were true, Disneyland <laughs> should have the, the highest... Yeah. The, the what? The Lloyd the Center. Center. <laughs> Some 80s little kid ghost haunting <laughs> Lloyd Center. All right, whatever. Sorry, off topic. Um, I was just curious if you, you know. So okay, never saw any hauntings. You know, just proven my theory right that children do not haunt the Kennedy School because it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you mine. Nobody asked, but I will tell you mine. Uh, when I was, I wait, went wait, to Claudia. Claudia. Oh yeah. What was the first time you went to a McMenamins? Oh my god, thank yeah, you tell so much us. for asking. So I went to college uh, at Evergreen in Olympia, Washington. And, you know, Julie, you said something about affordability, and I feel like that is something that that McMinimmons has always had. Mm -hmm. So one of the, like, treat yourself things that we had in Olympia is we would go to the Centralia location of the Olympic Club. Um, I don't know. Have you guys heard of that, the the McMinimmons Olympic Club in Centralia, Washington? Mm -mm, So it's like a billiard hall. So you can go play. So there's a ton of pool tables everywhere. It's Pretty much just what you would expect from McMinimins. You know, there's beer, but there's also a hotel, and there's a movie theater. Um, and just the the attention to detail where, like, everywhere you would look, there's just something kind of, like, cute and bespoke, mm-hmm. you know, for you to look at. It's not just like, ah, here's some stuff, you know. That was the first experience, and it was a positive one because people would, like, save up for a, a fun weekend to leave their college town, hang out, you know, in this hotel play pool. It was it, it was a place to be and a place to go. That was something that was instilled in me, you know, as a, a very young, like as a teenager, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was something special. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like you people would go there for like romantic weekend getaways. When you when I think of, I've gone back now and I'm just like, God, we were such little punks. Like it's a billard hall. We're just like, do you <laughs> want to go? <laughs> Smells in here. Like, I don't know why that was a romantic spot. That's so good. (laughs) Yeah. So I have, um, so I actually have stayed overnight at one of those hotels. Um, So, John, I'm sure you've not gone to all 63 of them, even though you've worked there. (laughs) No, I have not filled out my McMenamin's passport book, although I've stamped many passport books in my day. John, could you explain the passport book? Because it's become kind of like a running joke between you and I. (laughs) So, and let me explain it like as an employee of a McMenamin's establishment. The company has, which is like actually a really cool idea, that they have this book that you can buy for like, I don't know, like super cheap, like 15 bucks. And it has different activities to do in all of the McMenamins across the region, right? And as you fill out all the little tasks of like going to one of the bars at the Kennedy School or like figuring out a puzzle or something that the bartenders all have like a stamp and we stamp your passport book. So there's all these people that uh, will go around from location to location trying to check out all the different things that McMenamins has to offer and are really excited and have their passport book there for you to for you to stamp and offer it up to you. And as the bartender, you give them a stamp and send them on their way. Oh, I don't know. I think that's sweet. <laughs> I don't, Julie, would you have a passport? 
I feel like I should, but I, I don't. It sounds fun. Yeah, Something it sounds do. cool. I, okay, I say that, and I, and I know my voice went high up. I say that as someone who who holds the official um, MLB passport. Wait, wait, wait. What's what's that? Is that like for stadiums? I wish I had it like handy. It's like leather bound. It's basically wow. you you go to all of the baseball stadiums and you get a passport like stamp mm-hmm. and then you mm-hmm. write you know you there's witnesses like you you ask people like hey i was here will you sign it and then like no. that's how you make friends and then you write like cool stuff about what happened and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i love it <laughs> but i want to literally i have pictures of the person who stamped my my passport <laughs> just as a joke it became a joke but now it's like and i asked them to stand very awkwardly and stare at the camera so did anyone do that to you john where they oh, like oh for sure i mean maybe not the photograph thing but like oh. yeah people got like real ritual about it they were like very intent and then every now and then you'd see somebody who was just like so intent on finishing their passport that they weren't even like having fun you know oh they would just like stop <laughs> it and be like i need a stamp and you'd stamp it and then they'd like go away to get their next stamp like some people get like really like uh, gotta oh get all the God. stamps. I feel like those are tourists who are trying to get all the stamps all at once when they're yeah. visiting for a weekend. Yeah, it's just like, which is chill. just insane. Sixty-three stamps. Y'all need to calm down. <laughs> Have a beer. Chill out. That's silly. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm just saying, it's easy to make fun of someone's enthusiasm. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Good for you. But John, I'm sorry you had to work somewhere where there was a lot of tourist action <laughs> because that just sounds like a lot. That's all. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure the stories you could tell. Uh, yes, yeah. Not <laughs> once the microphone's closed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break here, and when we come back, which McMinimins make the best date spots? If you needed to take someone on a first date and the only options that were open were McMinimins, where would you go on a first date? I do have an answer for this because because I think like – I have lots of good things to say about McMinimins even when I get over my like service industry trauma – one of the things that's amazing is just how how diverse they are and how many different types of places are McMenamin's establishments. Mm-hmm. Um, the place that I could actually see myself taking a first date is the Crystal Ballroom. Oh, oh yeah, that Downtown makes sense. Portland, yeah. concert mm-hmm. venue, sort of like mid to larger size. So they get a lot of like really great acts in there. Mm-hmm. Um You know, it's like a bigger room, but it's not like a giant room. Mm-hmm. And they have really good shows. I've gone there plenty of times quite happily me too it's an experience they also have that little bar in the basement that's really sweet i love uh the uh, crystal bar room that's actually john where i got the shirt is it really claudia is wearing a very cool uh shirt of the band the breeders that i was complimenting before we got started taping because it looks like the raiders but it says breeders and then it has <laughs> kim deal's face yeah it's pretty cool she's wearing like a football helmet too which is a nice little touch i'll put a link in the show notes you you gotta see it it's just gonna be me wearing this shirt and holding my mlb like passport (laughs) we're just like never listening to the show again she's awful um what about you julia where'd you take a first date so this spot i have fond memories of because i used to go there after timbers games when i lived in northwest and it's the mcmenamin's blue moon location uh which is off of 21st and Northwest, John's shaking his head. No, I just don't know it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> is that by Cinema 21? Like that strip? It is by okay. Cinema 21. Um, so it's in a pretty nice, like, walkable area. 
and that side of town. And it's a more divey location with some of the funkiest artwork. Wait, 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 wait. I think I did go on a first date there once. Yeah, I did Wait, go on did a first you date really? once. Well, there you go. Wait, let's Julie. I want Julia's story. <laughs> I forgot about that. I literally asked Julia a question, and then John and I were like, "So anyhow, we've been on a lot of dates." Um, Julia, please. What, what up, Jamie? If you're out there listening, hope you're doing well. Oh, must um, yeah, have been a fine date. Yeah, then. It, was a de- it was a decent date. Oh, nice. <laughs> if you remember, I don't remember names. Julia, tell me, <laughs> tell me about your, tell me about this. Why it's a, why it's a good first date spot. So it has like more eclectic artwork than some of the other places. And there's like a big moon mural on the ceiling inside. And there's a number of like little cozy, like red lit booths. Uh, it's a bit divier, but it makes for like a casual, accessible environment that's not too rowdy, but full enough to where it doesn't sound too empty in there. Mm-hmm. It's just nice. I I feel like I would be like, yeah, let's just go. It's Good memories, energy's good. Why not? You like the vibes is what I'm hearing. Yeah, the, vi- the vibes are superb. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'll say about first dates at McMenamin's, there's always lots of stuff to talk about because there's like weird stuff everywhere. That's mm-hmm. true. It's a great point. Because the thing I remember from this first date is that there was like a really cool lamp on the table, but it was like screwed into the table with one of those sort of screws that you would need a special screwdriver to get off, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, And we talked about going on a second date and bringing like a weird illegal screwdriver so we could steal the lamp. Mm. <laughs> Crimes, hot. <laughs> <laughs> So what's your go-to food slash drink order? If you were, I mean, it happens, you guys. Like, I know, John, I know you have trauma (laughs) built up Mm -hmm. from this. Because I'll I'll be honest, listeners, whenever we bring up McMinimins, John's face is just like, he's like, oh. Like, he's reliving every passport stamp. But Julie and I have a more naive and rosier look <laughs> outlook of these of these establishments so i mm-hmm. i mean i'm not going every weekend but i have a go-to order do you guys have anything that you just like this is what i'm gonna get because this is what they do well i actually do have a go-to order and this is like maybe useful to listeners because as an employee when you work there you get like a meal credit for lunch or dinner but it like is usually less than the price of the menu items. You know what I mean? So you mm-hmm. still end up having to like pay for the other half of the meal. Oh so we spend gosh. a lot of time trying to figure out what like the balance between like value versus deliciousness was mm-hmm. on the menu. And mm-hmm. we decided that the sweet spot is the margarita pizza. Is mm. like it it is tasty, it's a full meal, it's a little bit less expensive than some of the things on the menu. So that's that's what I would go for. Mm. Best value, margarita pizza. I thought you were just going to say margarita and then just end it. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-shift margarita. <laughs> so I don't have a go-to drink order. <laughs> what about you, Julia? I just get the tater tots. Yeah, that's true. There's, yeah. I think there's an option between Cajun and non-Cajun. Obviously go with the Cajun. It, it's like almost like salty spicy, if that makes sense. It's not full spice. They come with a peppercorn ranch dressing. They're, of course. Ooh. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're crispy and tasty and and something that I do crave from time to time. But I will say I don't like their beers. Every single one that I've tried, I have not enjoyed. So I usually get the Marionberry cider, and I'm not a cider gal. But when I go there, that's what I'll drink, and I I enjoy it. Um, but definitely the tots for sure. Mm. 
you guys, I'm so boring. Like this is my go-to order for any pub and I just get, you know, burger and fries, but usually get a side salad. Mm. I think I've told you guys this, but I'm not a big, I don't really like fries. Did you know that today is Friday? Oh my God, am I? It is National Friday. The smirching fries Sec- on its the day? Second, the second Friday in July is National Friday. <sighs> Why did I have the need to do that? <laughs> it was so hateful. <laughs> How dare you? Please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't want a big fry coming after me. <laughs> it's going to be... <laughs> It's going to be like Oprah and beef, you know? It's just going to be like... <laughs> I mean, we don't have that reach, that, but That's still. it. That's, that, that's like what's going to make this, the eastern half of Oregon secede and join Idaho. They're just like, we're going where fries are appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, I don't like them. All right, guys. I can't be the only one who says hateful things. I can't be the only one who's spreading negativity. Our picks, I want to hear your picks for all around best and worst. I mean, I'm going to like get specific. Like my worst is the main dining room at the Kennedy School because <laughs> I still have nightmares about trying to serve in that room oh of God. trying to serve customers because it is giant and like crazy and busy and there's like so much food coming out that you have to get to people. Um, but I mean, the Kennedy School is like, you know, despite, don't like take my word for it from like a customer experience, it is a delightful place. It is just sort of like a little like weird Portland theme park with different bars that you can pop around to and it's really fun. So even though I had a weird time there, I still encourage you to go and be very nice to your bartenders because they're working really hard. Mm-hmm. Have you been to any of the pools, John? Um, Because they're soaking pools, if you guys don't know. I mean, that's just like a random addition. We can decide whether to leave this in or not, but there is a, a soaking pool at the Kennedy School and we decided not to, and I never went in it because we would always call it the pee pool. Oh, no. <laughs> Because people would always take their kids in there. Like if you're staying in the hotel, one of the things you can do is like take your kids to the soaking pool. And we're like, that's just a hot pee pool. Everybody knows that though. If you see children in pools, it's a pee pool. It's children in pools and you can also take drinks in there, which is fun. But I'm like, there's also lots of middle-aged men peeing in that pool. Oh my gosh. Thank you, John, for your contribution (laughs) to the conversation. You asked. (laughs) No, we did. We could retake the question and Julia could like say something nice. (laughs) No, I love it. I think think this is a PSA and I think people are ready for the truth. Julia, what about you? (laughs) Wait, hold on. Wait, did you say what your best? I said best and worst. You went straight for worst, of course, John. What would be your best? Would it still be the uh, crystal ballroom or do you have another one? No, I absolutely have another one. Um, One of the things that McMenamin's is incredible at is like these wild sort of historic renovations of taking Mm -hmm. these old buildings and refurbishing them and turning them into another purpose. Um, The Kennedy School is that. Edgefield, like what you were talking about, Julia, is a part of that. My favorite, though, is the backstage bar, which is next to the Baghdad Theater on Hawthorne. This place is amazing. This place is like legit. I would go and hang out there tonight because the Baghdad Theater is this old sort of giant movie palace type of theater, right? But behind it, they had um, what had been the backstage of this historic theater. 
and they turned it into a bar. Mm-hmm. So it's like the ceilings are like 70 feet tall. What? It, it, is, it is just this crazy, like beautiful open space um, that they turned into this tiny bar. It's really, really cool. So, I've never been. Yeah. Backstage bar. Check it out. Okay, Julia, floor is yours and we're not going to interrupt. <laughs> okay, I'll start with best. Um, obviously, Edgefield. Since I went back that first time, I've gone about five or six times, which is quite a few times. Julia, that's how- so many times. It's <laughs> more times than I think you and I have like hung out in person. Like that it's, is yeah, it's maybe too many times. <laughs> but from going so many times and wanting to save money on the commute coming from downtown all the way to Troutdale, hot tip: there is a bus line that will take you directly in front of the concert grounds. I think it's the 70 or the 74. If you just hop on, you hang out on the bus for 50 minutes. I usually drink a secret beer and then you're right in front of the concert. It's fabulous. Nice. That's a <laughs> great can you get tip. home on it too? Does it does you can it... get home on it? Really? How late does it run? Usually the concerts end around like 10 30, 11, and I've never had a problem hopping on the bus almost right away and getting home. And there are other people that take it too, so you it's can fun have like conversation and the energy is good. Um, so by far my favorite, Edgefield, check it out if you haven't. But my least favorite, this is almost like an accidental least favorite and it's because I just didn't have a a nice time the one time I went there. But there's a location called McMenamin's Ram's Head on Northwest 23rd and Hoyt. And when I went just the one time, it has kind of like a a cottage core theme to it, more like grandma's basement, which mm. I usually love. So just by walking in, I probably had some sort of expectation to feel like cozy and at home, but I couldn't have felt more the opposite of that. Everything was fairly empty and the workers just seemed like they were having the most miserable time. I would be willing to go back, but just strange. Like the eclectic feel to it had the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. My favorite McMinimins that I've been to, I found by accident. I was wine tasting, as I do, John. Um, mm. I hope, have you done it yet still? No? Um, might head out this weekend. Oh, about it, yeah. great. Woohoo. So the one thing I will tell you, John, is that a lot of wineries don't have a full menu, you know? So you're drinking and you're just like, I'm hungry. They're just like, here's a little bit of cheese and crackers. And you're just like, I need a lot more. Um, so what you what ends up happening is after the wine tasting, you end up, at the closest restaurant and the Grand Lodge in Forest Grove is just strategically placed in an area where there's many, you know, points where you could uh, jump off from a wine tour and end up there. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. you're, especially if you're going to go on a gorgeous day, John, it's such a wonderful like post wine tour hangout because there's so many uh, outdoor areas, you know, have you guys been there? um, The Grand Lodge in Forest Grove? Mm -hmm. No. I mean, because I understand like if you, don't need to go to Forest Grove. Like, why would you go? Um, but it's so beautiful. It's like the same kind of like whimsy of Kennedy School where there's like all these little bars everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. there's something like 10 or 12 bars on the premise. You got to find them. And they have like this lovely open space, you know, and there's just a few restaurants around. Um, and I think there's just so many buildings that there's always like a wedding. It's like a million different people are using the space for their own unique way. And it's kind of like, it's fun. It's fun to see. It's fun to share that energy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you get enough space from people where you're having your own 
private experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you could bring a little like picnic, uh, you know, blanket or whatever, and you can just go lay out in the grass and it's really beautiful gardens and it's just like chill and you would never know. It feels like a little fortress because they just did the landscaping is really beautiful. And so it, you can't see the street or anything. You're just like in your own little world. Um, mm. It's pretty cute. Hmm. It sounds nice. I feel like my least favorite might actually be the first one I went to, which is why I was trashing it. Is the McMinimins Olympic Club in Centralia? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it clearly was left enough of an impression that you kept going back. <laughs> I went. I didn't. I mean, I didn't go six times. <laughs> like Julie's got Edgefield. <laughs> six times in a year and a half. <laughs> I know exactly. I've been a handful of times, but I think there's just something about it where I go back and I'm just like, I can't believe I thought, you know, like, I don't know. I just feel like I've outgrown it. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. It's not even like it's it's bad. I'm just like, this isn't something I enjoy anymore, yeah. this vibe here. But there's nothing wrong with it, you guys. If you want to play pool, you're in Centralia. It's a fine place. You, you could do worse. Yeah. yeah, you could do worse. Well, you guys, thank you so much. I hope that we didn't trash. I mean, you know, ultimately, you guys, this was all a ploy to get McMinimins to uh, give us their ad money. This is going straight to the inbox. This is going straight. <laughs> Please. <laughs> what if you underwrote us, though? Um, no, just kidding. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Claudia. Thanks, Claudia. And now for your microdose of news. A proposal to further alter the city's charter is facing a rocky reception. Last week, city commissioners Dan Ryan and Renee Gonzalez raised the idea of making further changes to the city's charter reform measure. But several local lawmakers have now spoken out against that proposal. Yesterday morning, protesters rallied in front of City Hall, urging to let the voter-approved plan go into effect. And Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler showed off the first of his large-scale sanctioned camping sites in southeast Portland on Monday. The inaugural 70-pot shelter is one of six he's planning to open across the city. He says the site, which is at Southeast Gideon Street and 13th Place, will be up and running by the end of the month. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hate Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs>